on today's show. We are getting to know Ian. But first, promos and pleases. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up, Andre Psyche, and add a little creative inspiration to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. Shady Rays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength, making it shatter-resistant. Go get you a pair or two by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, then using the promo code GETTING when you check out. It'll save you 25% on your order. Please subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod on whatever app you're listening on. Please give a five-star rating. Please take some time to write a review. Please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on social media. Pretty, pretty, please tell someone about the pod. All of your clicking, linking, sharing, rating, reviewing, starring, tagging, and simple old school speaking about the pod is greatly appreciated. And now... Getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And Ian, thanks for, uh, I don't know, organizing times across multiple time frames, like time zones. It always seems like it just fucks things up trying to figure out how to organize that. So thank you, man, for taking time out of your day. Letting yeah. people get to know you. I, I feel like it. it'd be good if the world just like had one time and you just kind of got used to wherever your country was that uh, that was the, I guess it's like, you know, four flibber blubber o'clock therefore it's going to be like uh sunny at this time and now it's going to be nighttime in this part of the world and you just got used to yeah, it yeah right like it wasn't like 12 noon is 12 noon for everybody like the sun doesn't have to be at the top of the world at 12 noon kind of a thing yeah exactly yeah it, the bitcoin of time or do like a crossover where it was like uh you're saying 12 noon so it's sort of like you describe the sun but you also mention the time I think that'd be a handy uniform thing that people could uh, could all sort of get along with. Yeah, I wonder how the this is so fucking stupid it has nothing to do with your story. But like, I wonder who would have to take charge of the world to make that happen. Um, like, who's I mean, happy with giving up their like time zone? And what country is the asshole that's just like, you know what, non-negotiable? Y'all work around us. We're keeping our time zone. Yeah. Um, It'd have to be a universal sort of uh, new time so that no one was able to be like, this is ours, this is ours. Because, I mean, GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, there's a massive amount of um, uh, battles with the starting of that uh, because it was a competition between the Brits and uh, the French. I think it was just basically the Brits had more of a naval um, power and that's how they were able to be like, no, we're all going to do it off of British time because they were the empire at the time. So you it's actually like three quarter three quarters of the world they um had uh loyal to them at one point, I think. Why do you know that? Oh, I just know lots of um I wouldn't say useless facts, but lots of facts like that. Got you. Just always kind of been into history reading or like you're like in circles where these conversations happen? Yeah, history, like, unfortunately, I got more into history after I left school. I didn't do particularly well in history in school, except for World War II, uh, outside of that, like, but then again, most of Irish history is unbear. well, the stuff that they teach anyway is incredibly boring, and then you get to the famine, and then you get to the uh, the rising, and then you get to the civil war, and everything outside of that is, like, uh, very, very bland. The only, and it, it, it's a shame. So my last name's O'Grady and I believe my mother, or I don't believe my mother's maiden name was Byrne. Although listeners now know my password to every single account that I have. Oh but, yeah. 
Like, what's your what is that what's your porn star name is that what they always ask and it's like oh it's the name of your dog and it's the name of your mother's second name i thought it was, it was like this, yeah the street a, you grew it's up a slippery way to actually get hackers to know what your uh, <laughs> uh your safe words are for um when you can't get into your accounts right oh so like but the irish history aside from the potato famine which i can only say a name i have no idea what actually happened and like a brad pitt harrison ford the devil's own movie like, oh yeah those are the only two things i can think of a little bit of like um gangs in new york where the irish immigrants seem to be completely unwanted um like, yeah but like i don't like in america growing up with an irish last name like i don't know anything about irish history at all um well you kind of mm. do uh based on those two things so the irish potato famine happened and that's why there's more irish all over the world than there is in actual ireland <laughs> because um it was just what was the uh, the, the main source of uh, any sort of foodstuffs and it was to do with the um the brits coming in and taking over the country and then sort of uh taking all of the uh, the produce because ireland is uh very good for uh its grasslands and uh, its ability to farm uh, healthy vegetables year round, like good quality vegetables year round. And then so because of that, uh, the families were then dependent upon potatoes because they could be grown in a very small um, sort of square area. And uh, for what they are, they're actually extremely nutritious. So you can get by on just eating spuds for quite a while. And then the potato famine came in, which was just um kind of like covid for vegetables and there was like mass starvation and a, there was already quite a bit of um an exodus constantly going on it's just semi part of the irish culture um and it's never really stopped even when the economy is doing well people um young people age of 20 after like you know congr- uh, getting through college and getting through university they start get itchy feet and like you know where are we gonna go we go to australia for a bit we go off to canada and um so uh when the famine happened though it wasn't really by curiosity it was out of necessity it's like there is no jobs there's barely any food here we need to go somewhere else and so uh, that's why the east coast is flooded with uh, sort of irish descendants and same thing for australia same thing for um uh london like just sort of due to that it's one of the sort of the hallmarks for why we spread around so much like a virus um how did get normal you just let the virus run its course everything got killed and then you replanted um i'm not sure how i just uh, as far as i know it just sort of passed i was like sort of yeah we um done with now i guess i need to uh, get into my history a bit more but it was like there's loads more to it than than just that because there was like uh, there was some um spuds that were still doing fine there was still uh, food being produced that was healthy and uh quite a lot of negative associations with how the catholic church sold the um the uh, healthy produce as an export mostly to britain because it was still produced in high quality food but not for uh not for the starving people of the actual nation instead of keeping it domestic yeah which uh then had a uh, quite a large factor into uh, the rebellion that uh, came along i think uh, less than a half century uh, after the after the famine so uh, just another sort of incentive to be like, maybe we should be our own nation, minding our own uh, stuff rather than uh, being ruled by our neighbor. Uh, do you have any good book recommendations on this? For uh, Irish, Irish history? history yeah. um, I, my friend Billy would have had sent me loads, and I can't think of the names off the top of my head. If you want um, an Irish film, that's brilliant. And there's loads of A-list um, Hollywood uh, stars in it so um you'd be able to sort of uh, recognize faces instantly is uh, the wind that shakes the barley that film is magnificent um it helps if you know your own history a little bit as well because it kind of it it doesn't explain some things it just gets on with it. but even if you don't know your history the uh, the performances themselves are amazing so um I'd like to think that some people could watch it and then sort of be incentivized to uh, learn about some of the history. Google around a little bit. Yeah, because it, it doesn't just show like um, it's it's all about the um, uh, fighting back against the um, the Brits. I think it's set down in West Cork, um, which is where it would have been probably one of the most dangerous areas as a British soldier. But it doesn't just show all of the soldiers as evil people. 
it kind of shows that like some of them were scum of the earth and some of them were just sort of like i don't want to be here i signed up to um the uh, the army or the navy or whatever but like i didn't think i'd be over here and then at some points uh some of the soldiers even um kind of turn because it's like you know here look uh, I'm from the north of Ireland. Uh, I'm in the British regiment or whatever, but like my mother is uh, is Irish, so like I, I will not have your death on my souls. And then does something. I don't want to spoil the film, please. Gotcha. Yeah, it feels. It, I'm interested because it gives that like civil war kind of vibe, and I've studied. A little yeah, bit it, of it ends war. with the civil war. Yeah. Yeah, it just it that's a interesting concept to me as an American when you read historical fiction and it's like brothers against fathers when like the political ideologies just go hit the fork in the road and go to different places and you wind up in a battlefield and it's like are you really willing to kill your cousin your brother you believe in this so much that family it it trumps family like it's pretty crazy to think about yeah i mean that's literally part of the the major part of the uh the end gotcha yeah historical trope but (laughs) but <laughs> well, uh, if you want one that sort of explains things more than uh, drops you in, uh, Michael Collins is a great one, and that's um, Liam Neeson is the the head of that one. And there's a few other people. Uh, who's who's the actor who played Snape? I don't know who Snape is. Michael, do you know who uh, played Snape? Ah, he's the guy from Harry Potter. Anyway, he he's uh. he's all. Uh, also, the guy who is the bad German guy in the first dead um what is it oh god i've gone blank on that one now it's the christmas film it's the action film um bruce willis oh die uh, hard. hans die hard hans yeah die hard that's it die hard yeah hans gruber <laughs> yeah he's the same actor that did hans gruber is okay. um one of our first uh, political leaders like legit oh. political leaders uh, no 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 not legit uh, political leaders but plays one of the first plays. political gotcha. uh, leaders and then also uh, Charles Dance from um uh, Game of Thrones who plays like Tyrion Lannister or Tywin Lannister is uh, also one of the characters in it so it's a uh, again a lot of a lot of well-known names it's hilarious how ask for a book and it's like man I wish I could give you a title but film wise boom 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 like yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's just where our society is man it the the films can get so well done it's weird for me to trust them though like i I don't know why i trust a book more than film when in actuality most books are probably just like films you have a director you have an author they kind of have this viewpoint or narrative that they want to get across they do some research so you can connect it to certain things but i'm sure there's liberties in how things are described in books just like i would imagine there's far more liberties in film than there is in a book you think so I would, yeah, because they kind of the idea of a film is not necessarily to always tell the truth, but like to entertain. Because you want asses in seats, you need to be entertaining. Whereas a book, people uh, read books for a various amount of uh, different reasons. I myself don't really read much anymore because um, I don't have a commute. That's where I used to always read my um, read my books. Whereas now uh, I usually either run to my commuter cycle and during that period i would always uh, be listening to an audiobook so not reading books but listening to uh books and i find that there's very little fiction um uh, or history stuff that i tend to read it's usually something to do with scientific that is um probably just related to cancer because it's like well you better learn more about this sort of shit than uh (laughs) than something else because otherwise you know you might not be in the earth as long as you'd like yeah, well, I guess that's a natural segue. Um, do you mind uh, sharing a little bit of your backstory? Because we didn't even um, start with that. And I guess if I was better at podcast host, I would have started with that. I mean, um, no, it just sounds like we're having a natural conversation. Uh, yeah, so um, my name is Ian Ward. Uh, I have a username that's uh, popular enough at the moment called uh, The King of Chemo. The reason I gave myself that... Uh, I didn't really give myself that title. It was just sort of something that we were playing around with. And then it was like, hey, that's kind of catchy. I'll go with that one. Uh, is because uh, I have terminal brain cancer, but I'm trying to use that against itself to raise the most amount of money ever for uh, for a charity, starting off with the most money ever raised for running a marathon. Uh, at the moment, we've just finished up a, uh, a cycle trip across the United States of America. We are in LA at the moment. We're finishing up. I'll be home in 
four days, maybe three days. My flight is in two days anyway, but I think due to the time change and the um, the length of the two flights, it's uh, pretty much 24 hours on the world clock, if right. that can be, uh, that makes sense. And um, yeah, so people sort of uh, are... They go to my channel quite a lot because uh, I put the fun into fundraising and I make a lot of jokes about cancer and uh, don't really let it get me down as much as it uh, as much as I I can and at, in the same vein, um, I do not require uh, people to uh, donate in order for me to break the world record because I'm trying to do it in a unique way, which is to gain followers. And then through large channels, large channels on social media to then get sponsorships. And it seems to be working. I thought it would work a little bit faster. I thought once I got to a certain markers, like if I got a million followers on a, on a social media platform, that's like, oh, surely the uh, sponsors were, would flow in. And uh, they didn't. Um, we're up to, across the board, we're up to 6 million followers now. And we are getting sponsors. So like... It's happening. I just thought it would happen a little bit sooner. I'd imagine the war in, in Ukraine and the uh, ending of COVID probably added to that. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes from this point on. Why was it such a big deal for you to raise the most amount of money? Um, because I'm competitive, and uh, I, I saw that as something that was a, a challenge within my the smaller period of time that I had left on the earth that also had meaning. So uh, I will not pretend to be someone who, you know, did this for, uh, I want to do this for everybody else in the world. I'm, I'm a really good guy like that. I wanted to have something that was uh, hard, extremely hard for me to do. But at the same time, wasn't just like, you know, hey, I'm the person who, you know, was able to uh, balance the most Jenga blocks on one finger. It's like, okay, I'm sure it was hard. I'm sure it required like you learning a skill and like, uh, uh, a competitive nature and a, so a degree of focus and whatnot, but like kind of, all right, did you contribute anything really to the world? And um, yeah, so what, like I said, I, I, it does matter to me that it is for something worthwhile, but that's not my primary reason. My primary reason is to push myself. Push yourself physically or push yourself to just do shit that you wouldn't normally, like it gives you an excuse to do crazy things, to record it, which leads to the followers, which leads to hopefully sponsors. Um, I mean, I do like doing, uh, I like the creative element. Uh, sorry, I love the creative element of like both editing and uh, coming up with good ideas for making a film, making, well, not a film, making a, uh, <laughs> a, little, uh, a little sketch and that sort of thing. Like I used to do, uh, I wouldn't have done it nearly as much as I, I do it now. I do it pretty much every fucking day now. But um, I, every so often we used to do little things like that when we were teenagers and um yeah so it's great to be uh, at a point in my life now where that is my job basically and so it is certainly an excuse to do that sort of thing so just an outlet were you so before you went like embarked on the journey were you like did you have hopes of being a director being an actor being a no, film star? No, no. <laughs> i did i went to i think i did a drama class once um after we did like a a a, a theater or whatever you call it production in school uh, a play we did a school play and then um after that my my mom being a good mom she was like you know okay we're gonna put you into drama school now we see what you like and uh, i went and i did the drama class it was like i i don't like this this is this is not as much fun as it was when it was like me and all my schoolmates um yeah. making a play together uh lads what are you looking for um yeah don't know i'm afraid oh wait um in Geo's bedroom and it's like up in the kind of the the cupboard towards the back should be tucked away somewhere anyway back to back to other work back to, uh, what i guess what was like the impotence or how long after a diagnosis do you decide i'm just gonna raise try to raise a shit ton of money oh very little time uh, so it was like uh, after i got my prognosis it was one day afterwards that i uh, i decided that i wanted to do this and um, now that does give me a lot of sort of uh, like oh yeah straight away i did like i was um like i came up with that thought however i was kind of gearing up to it a little bit because i'd started up a social media channel just uh, over covid because i wanted to keep um playing video games as something that was a uh, semi-productive um and then 
when I got my diagnosis of uh, having brain cancer, I was then thinking, okay, well, you're going to have to address the elephant in the room there because you might not be able to speak uh, as eloquently or as quick. And you also are going to have a big scar on the side of your head. You might be missing hair. So you're going to have to mention that at some point. And what my decision was, uh, was like, you know, ah, yeah, well, so we're doing video games here. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big channel whatsoever, but it was like video games. So let's do something where it's like, um, uh, we'll call it headshots for head cancer. And every time you like do certain things within the game, it's like, ah, now you got to donate one. Like I always wanted to make it a very small amount where it's like, I got a headshot. That means that everybody who's watching, you got to donate uh, $1 to, um, uh, whichever charity is associated with that because I kind of thought that as a viewer it'd be something that because it's only a, a, a pound it's very little so people wouldn't really care about it so they'd almost want it it's like oh no did I get a headshot did I get a headshot oh, let's rewind let's see no I didn't I didn't okay no donations guys so that from a viewer's perspective it, they'd be kind of like disappointed like ah. Oh, no, we missed the opportunity. Uh, he didn't get it. And it's like the same sort of thing where it's like we need to finish this level in this amount of time. And if we don't do it, uh, no one donates. So it's like sort of make it like even though they're losing, well, losing money, yeah. that it still is a, an exciting thing to do. Prognosis, diagnosis. So this was something you thought was happening or I guess take me a little bit through the timeline because I'm confused by that. So prognosis is um, when they're more sh certain of something and diagnosis is uh, an educated estimate. So diagnosis would be uh, getting an MRI, getting a brain scan. Uh, diagnosis would be after the craniotomy where they scooped out some of the brain tissue, they were able to uh, have a physical test on the, the new tissue that they were able to ice cream scoop out of my head. And so they were able to uh, look at that more accurately and say like, okay, we thought it was cancerous. Unfortunately, now we know it's cancerous. And uh, it seems to be pretty much on the dot of everything that they were predicting. They were like, yeah, it's looking like it's uh, probably going to be stage three at this stage, uh, which isn't the worst. It goes up to four. And uh, yeah, so take it or leave it. And then, so then the prognosis was you were having like symptoms? And nope. No, prognosis is just after the surgery and they were able to get a more accurate um, uh, understanding of what is going on at the moment. Yeah, I was scrolling through your IG and apparently you were like the, the whole reason it came up was you were going into like some sort of medical testing. Like were you selling your body for money kind of yep. thing? Yeah, human guinea pig, <laughs> human guinea pig. And it's pr uh, probably saved my life. I probably would be dead by now if um, I wasn't doing those trials. And not even that oh, I wasn't doing those trials, that I hadn't done that particular trial at that particular time. The So it goes, pairs quite well with why I uh, consider myself the luckiest unlucky man on the planet. Because it's like, it's the chance of two bullets from either side of uh, two battlefields colliding in the air. It's just unseen. Yeah, dude, say more. Explain that. What What did you sign up to be a trial guinea pig for? And how did that? Um, I think you? it was a schizophrenia medication. And so they, uh, in order to test out a schizophrenia medication, because it's to do with the mind, they first test it out on someone who is uh, has a healthy mind. And so within that, they have to do an MRI. Uh, now, as a contrast, the previous medical trial that I was doing, and again, I very, even though I've done a few over the course of my life, I never did any that were quite close together. This was the only time <clears throat> that I did like um, one straight after the other one because I, it was usually done where it's like, hey, um, I've got time off work. Maybe I'll look into doing a, a medical trial. Oh, yeah, this one, this one pairs in with that, like when I'm off work for that sort of uh, period. And this one was like th uh, three months is the minimum amount of time that you're allowed to, um, uh, you have to wait three months until you do another one. Because if you do one and the next week you do another, they don't know uh, yeah, if one things. has affected the other one. So they wait three months. And so I was off um, three months and then did another one nearly straight away. But in the previous one, they were doing something called a CT scan on my head, which is where they're measuring brain waves. And if you think about this, that it was undetected when they were doing a brain wave scan. 
and then three months later they did an MRI and found it. That just shows how specific the chances of this being discovered was. Because if it was another CT scan, I would have gotten a pass. I would have gone in and I would have done the uh, the medical um, trial, and they wouldn't have known that I have a brain tumor in there. How how does a brain tumor not fuck up brain waves? Don't ask me. I'm not the surgeon. <laughs> wow, I'm just the meat that the butcher cuts up. It's the fucking one-liners, man. Um, <laughs> it It's really weird just me being a complete stranger to like not be insensitive, but also just want to try to be fucking clever and witty about this shit like you are, man. Like you're, you're it's, it's, it's sad to say, like when you say luckiest, unluckiest person, like it, you make it so fucking entertaining to just. Well, that's, that's why it. we got 6 million followers. Yeah. Didn't get <laughs> that from pity. Maybe got the first 20,000 from Pithy, but I reckon I would have lost them fairly quickly because, I mean, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, they're entertainment platforms or at, at the very least educational platforms. People don't go on there to feel sad. So yeah. you can flick through as much and you can have some news. News is great for having you angry. People want to, people want to be angered, but um, very few people want to be saddened. Gotcha. How much like formal research have you done into social media to make what you post and what you do more effective to reach the audience? Uh, I'd say a fair amount. But then again, um, the, I think the cool thing about social media is there is no formal form of um, education or research. I mean, I suppose you could go off and you could read a book about it, but um, your best way to find out what's going on because uh, social media is very different to um, – marketing because you can you can consider it like fashion it's changing so much faster than um sort of a previous marketing where it was uh, like a slow process but because social media is directly uh, linked in with um the growth of technology and the growth of like was it moore's law where it's like a double the pro double the processing power to microchips while halving the amount of uh, space that the chips take up so social media kind of goes along with that. So by the time someone would like, you know, write a book or um, uh, make a, a university uh, sort of schedule of education, that shit's already changed. And it's like you're reading yesterday's news. So the best people to go on to are other YouTubers who are looking at the algorithms or trying to figure out the algorithms. And they tell you about what's, uh, what's changed. TikTok at the moment, um, as an example, uh, last year, my channel was, uh, every single video was doing quite well. Uh, every single video was doing relatively better than the previous one due to the followers. Now it's completely different. Uh, it's very annoying. It's uh, there's, I know about it now, so it's not upsetting. But they have a system now where uh, basically it doesn't matter about how many followers you, are, you have. It makes a tiny difference. But uh, all your videos that you post will not be seen by... Um, 0.001% of the people that you have on your channel, unless your video is um, fantastic. And then they'll show it to far more people than if it was on uh, Instagram, for an example. Instagram is the one that I like the most at the moment because it's steady. If you make a bad uh, video, you won't get that many views. You won't get that many likes. You won't that many comments. If you do a good video, you'll get you know, uh, the amount that you deserve. Whereas, um, let's say if you do a great video, it won't be seen as much as it would be on TikTok. And the reason that they do this is nasty, but it, as you can imagine, it works. It's to get people hooked. Because if you're a creator and you start off, they want to make one of your early videos do really well, even if it doesn't quite deserve to be doing that well. Because then you now think, wow, I can make it. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to encourage people to be creative out there. Emphasis on the word creative, not just, hey, I'm going to copy this person's dance and I'm hot and therefore now I'm fucking popular. It's like, yeah, okay. You, your <laughs> contribution to the world is worthy, is like very, you know, Do, helpful. Just real quick side note that's my greatest fear as a father of a 13 year old girl i'm like it, like the fucking i don't understand why all these tiktok dances are so fucking pop i get it's fun i don't know if they should be fucking viral man like where like what's the creativity what's the originality what's the you 
All you are is a fucking photocopy. You're a carbon copy, man. Oh, you shook to yeah. the left when they shook to the right. Oh, you shimmied up and they shimmied down. <gasps> you paused on the hook. And it's like you like it's nothing really creative or really individualistic. It's all about yeah. fitting into a mold. And it kind of bothers me. It's a fear. Yeah, I think it should because it is. It's it's even though it's right there on the cr on the cusp of being creative, it's also not creative whatsoever even if you were to change it up a little bit like uh, i never really got around to it but something that i wanted to do is um to take the piss out of the dance culture element of tiktok but do it with weights so it's like i'm squatting like oh. i'm dancing <laughs> and i'm lifting weights like i'm like uh, 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 uh. like i've already done sort of stuff like that i think on valentine's day i did the thing where it's like um i'm in love with my kettlebell and it's like uh, I can't remember what the name of the song is actually called, but it's um, "You're Just Too Good to Be True." Can't take my eyes, and then of course it's "Da da da da." I love you, baby, and um, yeah, so it's just me like hugging my kettlebell and being like taking my kettlebell out to fucking dinner and all this, and it's like oh you and dancing <laughs> and all that sort of thing, and like not to pat myself on the back, but I'd imagine that is um, uh an element of creativity although the same thing i have done that's not creative but um there's a very famous guinness ad i don't think you'd know it too much in america i think it was more just of uh, an irish thing and um i can't remember what the title was but there was a guy on it who was just known as dancing man and i mimicked that and i mimicked the edits <clears throat> and um mimicked the whole the whole thing which was tricky to do but um so I wouldn't say it was creative, but it was certainly a skill that was needed for editing and required a lot of, I don't have a budget to do this. So how am I going to like, how am I going to mimic the point being at this part of the camera? So it required, it was problem solving. And I don't think there's enough of that with uh, people who are on social media, but I would highly encourage people to do it because it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. And even if you're not looking for views, often some of them are like definitely inappropriate and will get me banned so much. But I still make funny videos that can only be sent to my friends. But I'll still put in like an hour of work just to be like, here's something that's, you know, uh, basically a funny porno. <laughs> and if I was to put it on TikTok, they'd be like, okay, well, you're never doing this ever again with anything. But if I send it to my friends, it's like, <laughs> Dude, what are you fucking? Oh, I'm not fucking anything. How is it a porno? <laughs> it's just the nakedness that makes it a porno? Ah, of course. It'd be like, you know, uh, uh, what's one that I did? I did one where it's like, hey, uh, I was doing an impression of someone who's like, you know, um, a typical fucking YouTuber where it's like, you know, hey, it's Jake. Uh, I'm so excited about my video. Oh my God, you guys are going to be amazed at what's going to happen. I just got a new hat. Like and subscribe. And then like, uh, I had that, but then it was like, it was just cut to me and I just, <laughs> it was just taking a big fart shit <laughs> on the toilet. And of course, I'd never show that to like, put that on TikTok because it's like, this is definitely not allowed onto, onto the platform. Defecation. But I still like put in the meticulous effort of editing everything and adding music and the rest of it and then send it over to like, you know, four of my friends and God. that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the skill is transferable, right? That's funny, man, that you're like that into the editing aspect of it. Yeah. Once, once you get good at it and also you need to find the right kind of editing uh, software. So like the one that I use is one that's a, uh, the more advanced version of what TikTok actually use, which is called a, uh, I always get it wrong. Cap, cap copy, cap cut, and um, that one's just really fun, especially for music. So you can just get, uh, you can extract the sound of any um, any file that you have on your phone, and then add that to um, uh, to a clip, which is something that I can do on my PC. I can do it on my laptop, but oh, it takes a lot more effort. Yeah. Whereas that's just screen record, bang, take the uh, take the um, the audio off, add it to whatever I want, and then you can edit it quite easily. So like you can cut it so that uh, 
let's say there's a certain point in the song where it like has a kick and you want that kick to align with uh, an edit cut it's very easy to do that and it's when you um when you get it right um it is deeply satisfying because it's almost like uh, <laughs> music is based on um, heavily based in mathematics. And so it's the same sort of thing that it's like when a mathematical problem is solved, it's kind of like that in my mind where it's like when the music mixes up with this and it clicks, it's like, oh, yes, this works. Hi. I think the best thing is actually when you're searching for something and it's like, mm, that's not quite right. I wonder, will this work? Oh, it might work. Yeah. And uh, it ends up working way better than you were expecting. A, simp a really good example would be um, I made a video recently about uh, me promoting, actually, it's right in my hand here, me promoting um, uh, was a hydro jug uh, because it's a thermos. And I was saying about, ah, everybody uses or doesn't use a thermos for its full capacity. Most people focus on keeping their things cool, but I like to keep my coffee always really hot throughout the day. <clears throat> and um, I cut that with um, some clips from Futurama where Fry is trying to drink 100 Ooh. cups of coffee. And I couldn't figure out what kind of music would work well because um, there was like a contrast in me versus Fry because Fry was all like jittery and full of energy and the rest of it, and I wasn't. And then I found that the flight of the bumblebee worked seamlessly because it has this building of... Uh, anxiety almost because it's it's jittery it's deliberately made to be jittery because it's the um it's the flight of the bumblebee it's an insect it's and so it has this and that just it paired so brilliantly with the video and it's just sort of like ah oh, yes this is this is the one i don't need to search for anything else and there's like a very uh, a deep sense of satisfaction when when that gets done. Dude, you must sound like a rapper. Like that that's the whole question with rappers. It's like is it lyrics and then you make the music or is it the music that then inspires the lyrics? And for you in editing, it's oh, I'm surprised there's not an app where you can kind of edit your clips with the timing, the kicks, the whatever and then there you just is. load it somewhere and it's like hey, here are the top 30 suggestions that go with the pacing. Yeah. I'll, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do have something like that. I know that they, uh, something that they have with uh, TikTok is if you add a clip and then you have music and you uh, you can press synchronize. I don't really use it because it will, um, my videos, they kind of need to have certain points and TikTok doesn't know the points that are needed. So um, it will kind of skip. But even if you have just a piece of music and a clip of anything and you put it on uh, this thing, it will look correct, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's trippy, but it's mathematical. Like there has yeah. to, it, it's a fucking beat. It's a rhythm. It's, we, we keep time as people. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about what makes good versus um, bad videos. Like what, what are the characteristics that you have to have? Um, oh, so the first one is always, uh, the first thing is a hook which is get people's interested within seconds. 10 seconds, too long. But how do you measure that? Or what's the measurement of a hook? Just how long oh. they stay on the screen before they like scroll past it or? Yep, so it's open to interpretation, but um, you could think of, uh, if you start a video and you're introducing yourself, you gotta have a real reason to introduce yourself. As in like, hi, my name is Ian. Not a good reason. Unless you are, um, maybe if you're mentioning someone who's extremely famous, I met The Rock the other day, that sort of thing. But if you're not mega famous, no point in mentioning your name because it's, it's, it's just like um, um, faff. It doesn't add to your video um, really that much. And so it's, uh, you got to, I think the more you need to learn is the more, uh, what is it? Perfection is not what you can add, but what you can take away. And so you just make it so that the first thing that is said or is seen is something that makes people want to see the rest. And I don't really do it, but there's another uh, factor with getting more followers, and that's to have a two-part uh, video. So the first one is to build suspense, and then the second one is to show what happens at the end. I don't particularly like that um, that format. I think it's kind of cheap. 
because it's just like, uh, yeah, you could have done this all in one video, but you didn't because you just want the people to be like, tune in next time to see how Batman will get out of this situation. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm not, I'm not denying that things like that don't happen on my channel where it's like, hey, uh, this is my first day of training this way. Here's my first uh, result. We'll have the next result by next week. But I think that's more of a progression thing rather than a, like, you know, information an, that I could give you now. An intentional setup. It's an intentional cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's now that said, I, there's certainly things that I would deliberately have as um, uh, uh, cliffhangers in order to lead to other, uh, you, like, you've got to plan ahead and think, uh, what am I going to do and when? Uh, and what dates are coming up that are significant, that sort of a certain announcement needs, need to be made. So um, a cliffhanger that I can't say right now, but I, I will, um, closer to the time, I think when the deal is a bit more solid, uh, I will be making um, cliffhanger videos where it's like, guys, we have a new sponsor. I can't name who it is right now because it's, we haven't put ink to paper, but they are giving a lot of money. This system is working because... Um, well, for me, anyway, that is um, both an announcement and at the same time encouraging people that have faith this is working because we've gone, a lot of people have been with my channel for like three years and very little sponsorship has come in. And I'm like, it's a great thing that they've kept the faith because I'm sure a lot of people, and a lot of people did unfollow. Maybe they were just bored of the similar sort of uh, videos that were going over and over again. But um, I'm sure some people were kind of looking at it being like, this guy hasn't got a lot of sponsors yet. Like, this isn't working. I'm I'm done with this. I'm disappointed. So hopefully they come back when it's like, you know, hey, got this guy now. It's like, here's 100,000 um, uh, great British pounds every year. The system works. Follow me back. That's, that seems so, not to like shit on people for unfollowing, but like what what does it cost you to follow? Do you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, I know. Like, I, know. I like, like people don't follow. Fair enough. Not your cup of tea. People who unfollow, I think they're cons. I think they're absolute <laughs> idiots. Like, you know what the system is here. Like, and now you're you're taking away from that thing. It's like you're you're your own person. You're like I'm not taking away from uh, detracting from your choices, but I just think it's a stupid choice when it's like if you were to believe in the first place that this is a channel that's based on um, basically universal health insurance, seeing as how one in two people will get cancer at some point in their lives due to the statistics. And then even if it's not you who ends up in that, it's going to be several of your friends and family. And then for you to have that information and then choose, you know what? He's not dancing enough. <laughs> Abs just aren't right. <laughs> yeah, it... If you don't believe it in the first place, fair enough. If you think, I don't like the look of this guy, there's something up, this this could be a scam, fine. That's what I was going to say. So like I would get if whatever, the liver king comes out and he gets exposed <laughs> and his lifestyle, right? And then he loses a ton of followers or if whatever, you, you've you taken all this money and secretly lost it all in Bitcoin or crypto or some shit, right? Yeah. Like I would get that, but if you're genuine and if the whole point is like, and it's a really good fucking, not scheme, but a really good business model, which is like, yo, I'm more likely for you to click follow and leave it than I am for you to give me through Patreon a dollar a month. So just follow yeah. me to help me. Like, what? Yeah. What, what it's I, not even that I'm asking people to help me individually. It's like, help you with your goal. Yeah. Help me with a goal that you'll probably like. <laughs> if someone has a but, like, it literally is. Here's a button on a chair. You press that button, someone will break a world record for raising a for money for a charity that definitely will affect you in your life at some point. The chances of it not affecting you at some point in your life, you'd have to be like a hermit. Um, what makes your cancer uncurable? Like, what makes it terminal? Um, so I think it's due to the fact that uh, you can't scoop out uh, a lot of brain tissue because it's it's a fairly uh, important organ. Uh, in the body to operate and so uh, because of that they and they because they also don't know what brings on a lot of brain tumors there's very little sort of information it's a, because it's so difficult to actually get access to uh it causes a load of problems and then there's lots of things where it's like um 
breaking down something called the, the blood-brain barrier, which is literally how much uh, fluid and um, how much um, uh, blood gets to your, uh, the tissue cells within your brain. Uh, it's tricky to treat. So it has a lot of sort of factors that make it a difficult um, organ to, to deal with. Is part of like you getting so into fitness, a, a, like, like a holistic view to lengthen the time or nope. to help? You just wanted to look really, really good. <laughs> no, I just have. Uh, I've always been into. Um, always been into my fitness since I was eighteen in the round. Oh, I thought. And just sort of different fields of uh, of fitness. So, like, I was first um, not really into my fitness too much, but I was training for like the the school rugby team, and then after that, um, didn't really want to play rugby too much anymore because it was in the school. It was a lot of fun. But trying to get into the club after school uh, it was really um, competitive and not uh, not really as much fun with all my friends as I, I used to be. So I, I was like, I'm not in it for, for that sort of thing. Not very good at rugby anyway. And then um, so after that, I went on to just do uh, started running just for the sake of it. And uh, someone then told me when they heard a time that I did a certain amount of uh, mileage and they were like, that's really fast, Ian. And I was like, is it? I don't know. I've been just doing it. <laughs> and then uh, so I took on a marathon and then uh, I think I did a few marathons. I did a few triathlons and then I got bored of them and then went back to just lifting weights. And I just got really into lifting weights. And I still, lifting weights is still definitely my favorite thing to do, even though uh, I run far, far, far more than I would uh, lift weights these days. Um but I know that if it's if I was doing something where it's like I'm gonna be the um, raise money for doing a powerlifting competition, it wouldn't get as much uh, um, attention as I'm gonna uh, raise money for running a marathon. It's just it's like the world's largest charitable event is running a marathon. Yeah, so we've got I'm in Southern Delaware and there's a huge like 5K culture here, mm -hmm. where if you need to raise 20 grand, 10 grand, 30 grand, you throw a 5k and people have no issue with dropping $40 on a registration, grab a t-shirt and then even walking or even like not like they don't care about the running aspect. Then there's this whole population that does, but yeah. that's something very cool about the running community is it seems like it's very charity based. Yeah. It's kind of just ha like, that's just where it's ended up. I don't think it's anything particularly close to the, uh, the sport itself. Um, Maybe it is. Maybe it's due to uh, the fact that we're running as a pack. People often support one another because it's, um, unless you're at the top level, if someone is running at your pace, that that doesn't take away from you. Yeah, if it's a, you encourage someone to run faster. Again, it doesn't take it away from you. Yeah, because you still get your PR, and like yeah. that—that's kind of what it's focused on. Is you know, you do you, and you encourage others. It's a. Mm. It's a beautiful sport. I enjoy it as well. What's the marathon goal? Like, how do you try to package this to make it a huge event for you to raise money for the marathon? Um, well, the idea of it is, is that it's two world records that I'm aiming to break. Uh, fastest world record dresses a, a video game character because, uh, one, it's showing that uh, it's defying cancer, whereas uh, raising the most amount of money um, – for cancer research, having cancer is a massive advantage for that. So I wanted to have uh, two counter um, world records that were still in the same avenue, if that makes sense. That does. So in the same category, that'd be more accurate. So is the category fastest time of running a marathon with cancer and a video game character? Or like how no. does the video game character connect to raising cancer money? Uh, so uh, it was just because uh, as a marathon, um, something I also knew before part of the reason why I wanted to sign up to this, I knew that there's you could have like your own kind of goofy world record for running a marathon dressed as anything. So like along the way, I'm not nearly fast enough to do the, uh, the marathon uh, dressed as a video game character. You got to do that in under three hours, which is yeah. and um, but on the road to that. I think the fastest person dressed as a monarch is uh, somewhere in like 340 
which is a quick marathon. Yeah. It's fast, but it's not like knocking off those 40 minutes is massive. And then the same thing where there's like a fastest person to run as a uh, a hospital patient. That's another one that I want to try and uh, try and grab. And I think that one is similar to the Monarch one. Are where these, it's, hmm? I'm sorry. I'm just like, are these Guinness Book of World Records? How do you find them? Yeah, they're, they're official world records. Yeah. Most, like, honestly, have a look at the Guinness Book of World Records. Most records are absolutely ridiculous. That's. But it's like, it's uh, people are interested in it. And also, the Guinness Book of Records make a lot of money off of the stupid, um, the stupid world records because you got to pay to have uh, an adjudicator there. Oh. Some records, if you break them, they'll just, you'll go on the roster. And some records, um, you've got to ask them. It's like, I need, I want to display that I can like, um, uh, fold the most cards in the deck of cards in this amount of time. And then because that's sort of such a unique thing, they're like, okay, well, no one else is going to uh, like referee that. So you've got to pay us to do it. Yeah. And because someone wants to be that person to have a world record, to have a Guinness official Guinness world record, they'll pay. Whereas, um, the marathon running thing, you some of them you'd be able to get away with so like most money raised for uh, uh, a uh, for running a marathon most charity money raised i don't have to uh, apply for that one because that's just going to be who did it the most and then it goes to that person and um, i think i do have to apply for the um fastest dressed as a video game character because that's that requires someone to sort of give me a little checkup to be like which video game character is this yeah okay you look like him off you go that's it, it it's amazing that like, it seems so stupidly subjective. Yeah. <laughs> you just seem to love it. Uh, what are some of these metrics or numbers? Like, what's the most amount of money ever raised for a marathon? And then as a monarch or as a hospital patient, or those are two separate different things? Like, do you have to have the most yep. amount of charity money raised for a marathon while running as a monarch? And you just keep adding no. these qualifiers? No, they're separate. Um, so if I was to do like most money raised for running a marathon, uh, I kind of do really want to try and sync it together so that I'm breaking two world records at the same time. <laughs> Hard to, harder to do, but um, I'd really like that. That'd be very cool. And um, yeah, so the Monarch one is like uh, three hours, 40 minutes. I think the uh, cancer or the, uh, the uh, hospital patient is something similar. Uh, fastest video game character is a uh, sub three. Um, our marathon and then um, the most money raised is 2.3 and then some change a uh, million pounds and how realistic is it for you like sponsorship wise individual donation wise like how do they measure do you set up a GoFundMe does it it's it's an odd one yeah so like often it's uh, just um, just giving they just see how much money you've raised but um, in terms of the simplicity of it I think that it's just um, a factor of time. The longer I keep doing this, even though it resets every year because you've got to uh, aim for that marathon in that year, um, every single year, because not to sound too arrogant, but like the follow, the following on the channel seems to be steadily growing up. So even though the finances or sorry, the donations goes back down to zero every year, if the followers keep going up, logically the the every year's attempt should have more donations whether it be through people who just want to more people who will give a little fiver um or more sponsors that will be like okay this guy's fucking huge now he's got 10 million followers um he's not going to just accept like you know here's five thousand pounds um a month we've got to up that we've got to make it like you know fifty thousand pounds now that's how that's how much his rate is in order to uh, uh become one of his sponsors and then it's like okay fifty thousand pounds uh, a month that goes to um that goes to charity so what's that a year a ten it's half a million uh, six um six hundred thousand which is again not near what that's a, a fifth of um well not a fifth sorry it's a quarter of uh, what the world record is but it's one step closer and then of course if i'm able to then say like last year we raised one hundred thousand pounds that is what we raised last year and um, it then shows people where it's like okay this is you know it's not anywhere close to what he's aiming for but that's a lot of money and let's let's follow him let's see what he does next year 
although this year it doesn't look like it's doing as well but um oddly enough that's to do with covid so this is an annual thing you've already run a couple of these marathons as these characters uh not this year no and i've never ran as a video game character because it was uh pointless because i'm not anywhere near the fitness level needed to um to break a three-hour world record but naturally i've i've gone dressed as a monarch and uh, a cancer patient because that's just kind of like my uniform <laughs> uh, what are the rules does guinness send you a rules of must-haves to qualify to be a patient Sometimes, yeah. So, like, one I remembered very specifically is for uh, if you're going to try and run the marathon dressed as an insect, you have to have uh, antlers, or not antlers, antennas. antennas. <laughs> if you don't have the antennas, you don't qualify. But I think some of them are just sort of um, have such a variety, have such a depth to them that it's, I think they kind of like will have a look at you. And it's like the person who did fastest um, monarch, they dressed up like a queen, who's a man. And um, you could look at that and you just think, yeah, he's dressed. I don't think anyone's going to stipulate it too much the if form. it's something that is, yeah, I, you're you're doing fancy dress. If you look like the thing, it's like, yeah, off you go. Gotcha. Yeah, the only I only reason to debate it would be if your record was getting broken and you were just that salty. Like if that were part of your idea, yeah. you're like steady getting free drinks at like the town bar just because you're Guinness World Record holder Sean and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, second place? Nah, dude. You're, yeah, no more booze for you. No, you now you have a tab. I'm curious about how the going across the country selling the equipment I, or auctioning the equipment. Because that was something that I wish you actually would have started in California and ended up closer to me being in Delaware. Was yeah. like, it would have been cool to like put money in on that bike. So how did selling some of that equipment to not fly home uh, pay off for you? Well, that, um, speaking of which, I actually, that's why we have to uh, end the podcast soon enough because I have to go over and pick up two of the bikes because two of the bikes didn't sell. Uh, mostly because one of the guys that was there, uh, he worked in a uh, this kind of weird um, secondhand bike commission-based selling um, situation. And he was saying to us where it's like, if you do that, like you'll probably get some decent money and then you can just donate that to yourself. So auctioning off your bikes, you don't have to do that. You'd probably get a better offer if you do this. So we were like, okay, let's do that. So we have to run over to Saint Monica, uh, Santa Monica Pier and um, pick up those bikes, move them over. Okay, so to like sell them online more so than to like actually have a final auction at the end destination? I, yeah, we, we had a, a sort of an auction, uh, but to be perfectly honest, we didn't have a huge amount of people show up and uh, so, we just did more giveaways than anything else. One person bought one bike um, for $350, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. And so they just donated to Cancer Research. And there you go, have your bike. Uh, but uh, because there was uh, not a huge amount of people there, I thought it would be just better to just give them to uh, reward people for their loyalty rather than uh, try and auction it off. To get the money. Got you. Mm. Well, Ian, dude, thank you so much for coming on, letting people get to know you, sharing a little bit about what you've been through and um, your goals, man. I, for one, will definitely not unfollow you. I love the fucking videos. <laughs> I like, I, it just like, why would you ever get, why would you ever unfollow someone who's just trying to fucking inspire and like trying to be creative? It, uh, when, when you called them cunts, I think you called them cunts. I like, I would second that. I'm like, I was trying to be nice, but like, it just makes no fucking sense, man. Follow. Follow and help, especially if all it does is allow you to go to corporations to give money for sponsorship. Like watch a 30 yep. second ad to help try to cure cancer. Why is that bad? Yep. There you go. All right, man. Um, enjoy the rest of your night, dude. And um, again, thank you so much for just fucking answering me, to be honest with you. I was um, I was kind of shocked no. that you were doing And one of your messages about the Saturday night recording is um, my all-time favorite message. I don't know oh, yeah? if you remember leaving it or not, but. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Just like, I'm on the piss. Like, it, no, it was like, record a podcast on a Saturday night? The fuck is wrong with you, man? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who the fuck does podcast on a Saturday night? I was like, raising my hand like this guy does. Tries to finish. This guy. This, this guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, dude. Nice getting to know you. Yeah, same with yourself. All right. All talk right. to you later. Yep. Bye. Huge thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Homeboy's been down since just about day one. 
If you have not already, search him up, Andre Psyche, on social media. Give my man a follow for the fuck of it. Please, almost more importantly, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Five stars, five stars, five stars. If you have not already, continue with your gracious clicking, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're feeling super generous, as in that ching-ching monetary type, go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month. Oh yeah, and if you know anyone who'd like to be a guest on the pod, go ahead and send their contact info our way. Slide them up into my DMs. Later.